Creative Coaching Podcast, where we bring together coaches, athletes, former athletes, leaders, and influencers. Everyone has a story, and my hope is that when you listen to their stories, you will be inspired and live your life to tell your story one day. Today's guest is Drew Williamson. Coach Williamson is an assistant coach at Virginia State University. We talked to him today about getting the pulse of your team, to give an honest answer every time, to be a problem solver, and to make an effort to put family first. I hope you enjoy this podcast and you look to get better every day. Welcome to the podcast, Coach. How you doing? I'm doing real good, Coach Williamson. I'm so glad that we finally got to make this happen. I know we kind of tried to set it up before. I dropped the ball, but uh, I'm so glad that we're able to make it happen and that you're taking the time and and you made the time to be on with us, man. So, uh, again, really appreciate it. No, I appreciate you for having me. So, I'm going to start off like I do everyone, Coach. Uh, How were you introduced to the game of basketball coming out of North Carolina? Uh, I kind of grew up around it. Um, my dad kind of put the ball in my hand at an early age. Uh-huh. Um, and I also and grew up in a neighborhood where it was mostly just guys, man. And everybody, uh, we just played basketball, football, whatever the season was, we spent time doing that. Um, yeah. Everybody had a goal in their backyard. Um, we were in the country, so we had a lot of open space to play football in the field. Um, so just kind of where I grew up, kind of thing to do um, and like I said you just grew up around a lot of other guys in the neighborhood so we all just kind of gravitated towards uh, basketball and football yeah no man I mean you, you're from a part of the country where you have all seasons like literally weather wise and where I'm from man it's either hot or kind of cold and when it's hot man we we hibernate and so yeah kids usually wind up just playing football uh, even in the heat and uh, kind of just go, you know, same as us, same as us, man, just out there playing whatever sports, whatever, like you said, seasons. Uh, and so, yeah, man, it's a typical kind of like uh, upbringing, like, like a lot of us. And, and so uh, that's great coach. So yeah. where, where in particular North Carolina did you grow up? I'm from, uh, I'm from Burlington, North Carolina. Okay. Okay. Uh, about 15, 20 minutes from Greensboro. Okay. We're, we're kind of right in the heart of everything in North Carolina. Um, about 15 minutes from Chapel Hill, about an hour from Raleigh. Yeah. Uh, so he's kind of right in the middle of yeah. what they call Tar Heel part of the state. Yeah. And you got a lot of good basketball um, with Carolina, um, NC State and Duke, Wake Forest, all those schools yeah. within about an hour and a half radius of each other. So uh, in a really, really good um, basketball area yeah that's what i was gonna say because like i was talking about here in texas football's king uh but that part of north carolina man that's a lot of good basketball going on not just basketball but high quality high level a lot of future pros walking around uh it must have been a great environment to kind of grow up in and kind of here again uh you know as kids man you look for you look for uh influencers and I i don't know of any better for me and ball players, uh, was that was it like that for you as well? Same way, same way. And you know, you as 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 you're growing up, you kind of go to different AAU events and, and different basketball venues 
and you, it was really, really common for us to see, you know, whoever the the star at UNC was at the time or whoever the star was at Duke at the time. You know, it was common for us to see them just kind of walking around or just coming to a high school basketball game to watch. Um, actually, you would run into a couple of them in, in the barbershops and things like yeah. that. So to be able to see them doing kind of normal stuff, um, everyday life as, as a young kid, you know, it gives you something to shoot for because you kind of see them on TV playing basketball one night and then maybe a week later you may see them in the barbershop. Yeah, that's so a, you, yeah. They're living like how, how we're living. So just yeah. gave us something to shoot for um, and, and really appreciated a lot of those guys. And they don't even know you're looking at them. Yeah. But you kind of watch them and, and, and trying to hope things can kind of go that way for you as well. That coach and you're just like, if they can do it, I can do it. They put their – coaches always tell guys, hey, man, don't be intimidated. They put their shorts on the same way you do. And, they, yeah. you, you know, and I think that's uh, that's great, man. That's a great environment to to, to navigate, you know, when you're trying to navigate through through kind of uh, your adolescence, trying to figure out what you want to do and have kind of those role models. Uh, that's really, yeah. that's really, really good, Coach. So what was your experience as a player, Coach, coming up from high school, college, and, and beyond? Um, I had I had quite the journey, man. Um, I, I was really good in football as well as basketball. Um, so coming up through high school, you know, I, I was getting recruited for both sports. Um, had had a football scholarship offer to go play at Wake Forest wow. after my sophomore year, uh, and, and just right then I kind of knew things about to start picking up and getting serious because you're just kind of going along and enjoying playing the game not really thinking about scholarships, at least not at that time. It's guys are a little bit more serious about trying to get a D1 offer and stuff nowadays. But yeah. when we were coming up, it was just play to have fun. Yeah. And those things kind of fall into place. Uh, but at that point, when the Wake Forest offer came, you know, I sat down with the football coach and at my high school and kind of had to start getting serious about what I wanted to do. Um, and just kind of told him that my heart was in, in basketball. You know, I, I really love playing football, but I just couldn't see myself not playing at the next level of uh, basketball. Yeah. Um, so kind of um, held off on the Wake Forest football offer and started letting all the other football coaches know um, the plan was to go play basketball. Um, and so I ended up getting a uh, having a really good career um, in high school. Uh, won a couple of state championships. Nice. Actually, actually planned on um, attending North University of North Carolina as a preferred walk-on yeah, um, with the scholarship uh, coming in the following season. Uh, that was when Coach Matt Doherty was there. Yeah. That same year, Coach Doherty got, got let go, and they brought in Coach Williams. Uh, and, you know, he he just hadn't seen me play before. So it was one of those things that I'll, I can't guarantee you uh, a scholarship the following year. You can still walk on for your first year, but I can't guarantee you a scholarship the second year. Yeah. Which – as an eighteen-year-old kid, you, it's hard to understand that. To process but that, now, yeah. yeah. But now, as a coach, um, I get it. You know, you want to be able to put your eyes on the, the kids you're going to have on your team, um, yeah. and you know, not have to without guaranteeing anything for the following year. He's just a new coach coming in, wanted to kind of build his culture up and and, and get his his players in. So that that was the uh, kind of a little of a heartbreak for me coming out of high school, but. Things always work out for the better. Uh, ended up getting a scholarship offer at uh, Old Dominion, and things worked out from there. Like we 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 had a rough start my freshman season, 
but the following year, things kind of took off for us. We we won 28 games the next year. Wow. Won the conference tournament. Uh, lost to Michigan State in the first round of NCAA tournament by six. But wow. that was the year they actually went to the Final Four. Yeah, yeah. Um, and had, as things would play out, they lost to UNC in the uh-huh. Final Four. And that was the year UNC won the championship. Yeah. Um, so then after that, you know, we, we kind of came back the next year with pretty much the entire team back. And we uh, went had a really good season, kind of had some injuries that we dealt with. Um, so we didn't make it to the NCAA tournament. We got invited to the NIT. And from the NIT, we actually made it to the NIT Final Four in Madison Square Garden, which kind of turned the season around. You know, it was kind of disappointing not making the tournament. But then you win four games and make it to Madison Square Garden uh, was really good for us. Uh, yeah. Then my following year, which was my senior year, you know, we uh, made the NCAA tournament again as an at-large team. Um, had, had a really good season that year, um, all-conference, uh, defensive all-conference as well. Um, so things played out really well for me by making the decision to go to ODU. Um, yeah. We still hold the record there for all-time wins uh, in the season. Wow. Um, which is something you kind of hang your hat on, like I said. Once Definitely, you, yeah. As you're in the in the mix of playing, you don't really appreciate those things until you until you get away from it, you know. And so now, looking back and being able to say, you know, we still have the most wins in school history, um, is something to be proud of. Yeah, kind of going down your stats too, Coach. You know, third all-time leader in steals. I mean, you must have been a real, you know, harassing type defender, and just getting your hand in the passing lanes as well. And uh, you know, your career assists were high. You know, eighth all time in the in your conference. I mean, those things like that, coach. That says a lot because those are really the uh, the numbers or the analytics, if you will, that most people don't pay attention to. They're paying attention to getting shots up, rebounds, and, and sometimes rightfully so. But when I think about assists and steals or steals in general, man, that's a, that's a that's kind of a, one of those. Uh, that you just say, man, that guy's active. He's out there. He's he's a part of what's going on. So it sounds like you were really, really uh, a great defender. And here again, an all-around teammate. Yeah, I mean, I think that was one of the uh, key key components to it. I think our success when I was at ODU, we, we had a lot of guys that really just bought into their their roles. Um, I mean, coming out of high school, I was I think I averaged about 27 points a game my last season out of high school. And, you know, then to come to ODU and, you know, just basically sacrifice, you know, winning for me, winning, winning is all I know and what, what I love to do. Um, so I'm willing to sacrifice if, if it's going to be for the betterment of the team to help us win. Yeah. And so it, was, it wasn't any hesitation to kind of just become that floor general, um, make sure everybody's in the right spot. Let's, let's, let's not turn the ball over. Let's make sure we're getting in the right offensive sets defensively. Yeah. Um, do everything you can as well. Um, and so, like, I, I didn't have a issue with it at all. It was really great. Um, and defensively, I think the one thing I, I tried to do was, on the defensive end was really study the game, mm-hmm. which is why at that point in time I kind of knew I wanted to get into coaching because yeah. I just became such a nerd <laughs> to the game. Like, I, yeah, I would yeah. literally watch so much film to where I know what the other teams are going to run. And so I used to get a lot of steals just because – Teams are so robotic in their yeah. system that they're yeah. going to make the same pass they make yeah. in practice. So I'm going to try to make sure I can shoot that passing lane then. Um, 
So that, that was one of the things I thought really, really helped me out um, at ODU because I'm not the most, I'm not the fastest guy, not the most athletic guy, um, but I will be able to beat you with my brain. <laughs> yeah. No, man. I mean, you're talking about you watch film and you study teams' habits. There's nothing that they're going to change that game just for you. Uh, right. You know, they are who they are, it's, especially if you're talking about conference time. You know, yep. who they are is who they are. And if you can, you know, here again, like you said, figure out the methods of what they're doing, how they do it, what their tendencies are, then yeah, yeah. So, so coach, would you say, you know, that helped you with your, in your professional career as well, getting a shot at that? What was that like? Um, it did. It, it did. Um, it was one of those things where, uh, you know, you look at my stats and scoring and, they don't jump off the page to you, especially when you look at the like offensive side of it. Um, yeah. But if you put me on your team, you will see the kind of benefits I'll, that I'll bring to the team, yeah. so to speak. Um, and so the first year, just trying to get a job overseas is the most important. And I knew if I got the first job, then, you know, I could make a career out of it or I could play as long as I wanted to play. Yeah. Um, just because I knew what I could bring to any team that you put me on. I, I'll figure out a way to be – valuable to that team yeah yeah no adding value is very important I mean as a coach as well too I mean you think about like what you just said right there it spoke volumes because you're saying I could I can wind up anywhere because I add value basically and right. uh, that that's important and I think coaches listening even some players listening wherever you go add value whatever situation you're put in add value whatever situation you choose to be in you definitely better add value because you chose that so right. I think that's very, very important. So, Coach, who, you know, influenced you to go into coaching or was it that whole experience of just getting into the to the film room and, and kind of breaking things down? Uh, well, I really had a lot of a lot of people, especially like as a younger at a younger age, um, kind of go back to when probably like little league um, football and basketball, just the influence of every coach that I had pretty much that they had on me. Yeah. Um, it, it affected me in a positive way. Um, I, I haven't had an experience. You know, a lot of guys have different experiences. I can honestly say I haven't had an experience with a coach where I was just like, I didn't get anything from that coach. Um, yeah. They didn't bring any value to my, my life or to my season or whatever the case may be. Every coach that I've had growing up, which is actually a blessing looking back on it, um, has added something to who I am now. Um, and so, I would have to go down a long list of, of people to, to say who influenced me. Um, but I, again, I'll go back to just being just a, just a nerd of, of the game, yeah. you know, trying to figure out different stuff and uh, wanting to be involved in schemes of offensively and defensively. Uh, so those things are important to me. And I think that that kind of plays a role as well as the people who may have influenced me. Yeah. My, my biggest influence was my high school football coach. And you can right. understand this, man, when you're stuck. I mean, it's the reality is, and it's very re real. It's a little bit tougher to study for football than it is for basketball when you're, when you're going into that film room. And man, right. cause you have 11 dudes, you got to kind of figure out, you know, you know, you can scheme so much more. I would think in football here again, not, a, not being an expert, but having played my, you know, my whole childhood and, and through high school. And so I, I always thought, you know, my coach prepared us so well be, because of film, because of the fact that he would take us into the film room, break it down for us. He took the time to study. We needed to take the time to listen. 
And so we were, mm-hmm. we were prepared. So I hear what you're saying, coach. Uh, film really yeah. pre- prepares you, gets you ready. So with that, yeah. that experience, coach, what you're talking about, you know, going, to, going back to, your, to, to Old Dominion and becoming a dobo there, how did that, you know, when you got into the film room, when you had to, you know, book flights, to do whatever you had to do as an ops guy, what was that? What was that like for you? You know, looking back, that was probably the most important two years of my career so far. Yeah. Uh, because as a player, you don't see a lot of the behind the scenes work that yeah. goes into uh, to, into coaching. It's, it's so much that goes into it, and you don't even appreciate it. Uh, so yeah. you just get you you wake up, uh, the bus is there already for you. <laughs> Yeah. You go to the airport, the flights and tickets and everything are already ready for you. And so you don't really appreciate uh, all that work that goes into it. And for me coming back into coaching, yeah, I've heard of, I've heard of op jobs and um, dobos and video coordinators, but I just considered it all to be a coach. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so when I came back to ODU and talking to Coach Taylor, the first thing was you can't be on the court. You can't do any of the uh, on-court coaching. Yeah. And I was like, wow, that's going to be tough. <laughs> uh, and, and then the next thing that came back, you can't do any recruiting. Uh, on the road recruiting, I mean. And I'm like, wow, that's going to be tough too. So I must have, now I started thinking, well, what, I'm gonna, what am I going to do? <laughs> <laughs> and so we started yeah. to go down a whole list of things, you know, like meet with these donors, um, get the golf tournament ready, um, just different, like travel, um, you know, academics, making sure the coaches' recruiting is set up and everything. Uh, and so, you know, that made me, you know, dive into it and say, okay, well, if I can't be on the court, if I can't recruit, I'm going to go 100% in on, you know, figuring out how to run the behind the scenes of a basketball program. Yeah. And to be able to do it for two years, you know, the first year you kind of, every day is a new day. So you yeah. kind of just, I wake up, I, I figure out how to get through today. And then the second year you come back and things are kind of making more sense and you can add more stuff to your plate. And and gotcha. so, again, being at Virginia State now, kind of the transition, um, I hate to kind of skip to the next school, but in, in the transition of ODU to Virginia State, where we have a staff of, you know, uh, head coach and two assistants, uh, you know, you wear a lot of hats. Yeah. And so to be able to have that director of basketball operations experience, um, allows me to help coach blow or and our staff, you know, organize and, and make sure travel and all the things that I did uh, at ODU, bring that back to the table at, at Virginia state to kind of keep our program kind of moving forward. Yeah. So with that coach, I'm glad you kind of talked about that transition because it's really important. Because uh, because now you get to be on the court, you know, yeah. that's when, you know, you kind of stepping into your whole, what you envisioned, from the beginning when you said, I want to go into coaching. I don't think anybody thinks I want to go into coaching and then they never get to be on the floor. They're here again, like you said, setting up flights, setting up bus trips, uh, setting up meals, you know, like you said, golf tournaments. They're thinking, no, I'm going to be on the coach. I'm going to be on the, on the, on the court coaching these guys, getting some sweat equity and working hard. And I'm going to inspire people. And you're thinking all these great things. And now as an assistant, you, you get to do that. That's great coach. So, how, you know, when you think about, you know, the culture y'all are setting up there at Virginia State, because you guys are, are winning, man. I mean, it's not, it's no, in the five years you've been there, 117 and 30, three right. tournament appearances, 
two uh, you know conference championships. You know that's that's a, that's a big accomplishment. So how important is the structured culture that y'all have there uh, for y'all's program? Uh, I think it's very important. Um, you know this we we came in our first year and Coach Blow was um, an assistant coach at ODU my first year at the Dobo when I came back. And we kind of built a relationship because we actually shared the same office. Yeah. Um, and as he left to go uh, to get a head coaching job, I stayed one more year, and then we kind of got back together um, at Virginia State. But our first year, the first meeting that we had together was, uh, what do we want our culture to, to revolve around? Yeah. And it was very similar to, to what we did at ODU, so it was kind of an easy transition for both of us. So we kind of were there. We hit, hit the ground running. You know, just discipline. The That's first great. thing we talked about, discipline. The first thing we talked about, on and off the court, because we we, we constantly talk to our guys about, you know, how you do anything is how you do everything. Yeah. And, and so we, with us constantly talking about that, you know, it lets our guys know that off the court, if you're late to class, you're gonna be late to to help side. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it's just yeah. it just correlates because you are who you are, um, and you know, just building the right habits. Uh, and I think that was the kind of the main thing that we wanted to bring um, to to Virginia State when we came was the discipline um, and making sure guys understood that, you know, it, it's going to be how we do things and it's the only way to do it. You know, we're yeah. not going to kind of make it easier for one person because he scored 20 points. Everybody's situation is going to be treated the same. Yeah. Uh, and we've been consistent with it. You know, we, we've been fortunate enough to be able to recruit a lot a lot of really a lot of really good players yeah um who came in and you know helped us get to where we are but if you ask any of them our system our our culture has not changed at all from from year one to to year six now year seven um so we we just kind of keep keep things rolling the right way that's good stuff coach so what individually when you think about yourself like in particular, what do you bring to the table that helps Coach Blow fulfill his vision for that program? I, I try to do a good job of keeping the pulse of the team. Yeah, um, and I kind of pride myself on, you know, building relationships with our guys and trying to understand them. Uh, and it's it's individually like you you can't try to go into it as a whole. You have to dive into each person individually and try to get what motivates them when they shut down like their body language. Um, and I think the most important thing is to be able to catch those things before they happen. Yeah. Uh, when guys are, okay, I think he's close to getting ready to shut down coach. We may need to pull back on him a little bit this week. Um, yeah. Let's just give him some positive reinforcement this week. And, you know, we can, we can hold off on the negative. Um, so just trying to make sure I keep a pulse on the team with coach and um, allow him to, you know, still coach guys hard without having to be so engaged on a daily basis. And I think that's been helpful to us. Um, I think the other thing is just kind of giving, um, you know, a, a honest, uh, I guess, honest ear to coach, you know, when, whenever things are kind of uh, one, one way with the coach and everybody's just saying yes to the head coach. and Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I try to bring, you know, just an honest answer to everything that we do. And sometimes, you know, coach may have a different philosophy or a different answer than what I'm what I'm thinking about, and 
he's really, really good with kind of having an open ear. But, you know, of course, at the end of the day, it's his decision. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. That's, that's good stuff, man, because who – I don't know. And, and I, I, I just I hesitate to say this, but I really think it's important us as coaches to not be yes men all the time. Right. And, and like you talk about having the pulse of the team, that's so important. And then it's also important to have the pulse of the coaching staff and your head coach in particular, because if he, uh, you've seen him deal with yes men before that at some point turn around and say no, uh, you got you got to kind of gauge how that's going to turn out or right. that you don't, uh, I don't know, you don't confront him or come at him with uh, kind of like in full disagreement with everything he said. Uh, there's a right. way, there's a way to do it. There's call, there's tact. Uh, there's you know also picking your battles as well, and then timing. Timing is everything. You know you know Absolutely. if it's after a tough game and and you, and you lost, you don't come into that locker room and say, Coach, I told you. You know yeah, I told I, I told, I remember I said you didn't hear me, and, and that's not the time, man. I mean, then there's a time and a place, and you'll figure it out. But I, I like how you said that, Coach. Giving an honest ear, man. It's it's really important. And I think the other part, too, I mean, um, for, for, you know, most assistants or all assistant coaches, you know, our job is to make the head coach's job easier, man, and, and, yeah. and, and be, be problem solvers. Um, and, you know, the less stuff that is on his plate that we can handle as assistant coaches, um, the better. You know, you, you don't want to bring every single issue to the head coach's table. He's got a lot to worry about already. And so I think that's yeah. one of the other things that I try to pride myself on is, can I handle this situation without Coach Blow having to be involved with it? Yeah. Um, and then kind of going from there. That's great, Coach. You're talking about autonomy. And I think yeah, every, yeah. every great leader will uh, infuse that into his program because he knows he can't be all things to everyone. But he, right. but he hires his staff. She hires her staff to be ready to handle situations and not always needing, well, let me check with Coach. Well, let me check with Coach. Uh, when you're given – when you're given responsibility, you're given authority at the same time. So that's great. Absolutely. I feel like that's exactly what you're saying. So, Coach, uh, finish the sentence for me because I think it's a, it's, a, it's a kind of loaded sentence. The life of a college coach is? Nonstop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we're always uh, working, man. And it's, you know, that's the passion and love that you have for, you know, and a lot of times I, I hate to say I'm working because I, I really feel like since I've been a coach, I haven't worked one day yet. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I wake up every morning and excited to go into the office and, you know, work with the guys or whatever that day may bring. But, you know, it's something that I'm passionate about and it's something that I enjoy doing. So I don't have a bad day going into the office. Um, yeah, that's you know. great. Uh, yeah, I like that nonstop, man. I mean. Um, all the coaches I know, man, it seems like they're, they really, you can see it in their eyes. You can see like they're thinking it's so it's, uh, there's something to kind of marinate in your head and just focus on. And so I think that's, you know, especially that lifestyle, man, if you don't love the game and you don't love teaching and serving and all those good things, then yeah, you're, you're going to fail real quick. Right. It's a it's it's a wrap. Stick a fork in you. You're done. I mean, so those that's really really important. So, coach, you know, on, on a personal level, as a husband, as a father, you know, how do you manage your time with them? Uh, you know, with such a busy schedule and, and like here you said, nonstop. 
you know, it's, it was, um, again, you kind of go into it uh, without having a clue of how much time it'll take away from you and your family and things like that. So the first couple of years, man, honestly, it, it was tough. Um, yeah, it was tough on my wife. You know, we, we kind of just got married um, in North Carolina. Then I got the job offer. So I kind of moved to uh, Norfolk uh, for about six months before she moved back up there with me. Um, and just kind of being away, like I, we were traveling, traveling, traveling. And I was the op at the time, so I didn't have to do any recruiting. Yeah, yeah. So just being away, you know, and then just we had our son maybe, uh, I mean, not maybe the next year. Um, and so after that, you know, now you have kid at home, wife, she's working, she's having to do a lot, and I'm on the road. Yeah. Um, so it, it was tough, you know, but since then I, I made a conscious effort to, to – make sure I put my family first. Um, and, you know, I, I feel like I'm doing a great job, but, you know, you can always do better. Your, your kid, my kids are getting older. Um, so I want to kind of make sure I'm around for, you know, basketball games or, or ballet class. And so whenever I have an open opportunity from, from, from work or recruiting or whatever the case may be, I kind of try to shut it down from that. Um, yeah, and yeah. Put the phone to the side, uh, spend some quality time with them check on school, you know, maybe go to uh, school and have lunch with the kids one day or maybe call the wife and ask her if she want to go grab lunch. Yeah. Just little small things like that because those times you can't get back. And, no. you know, I, I've heard a lot of coaches, you know, talk about this like later on in their career saying, you know, I wish I would have spent more time with my kids or my family. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I honestly don't want to be that person. I, I want to make sure that I keep it balanced and yeah. kind of keep my priorities, my priorities and, and make sure I know what's important. That's great coach. Cause you're talking about, you know, you, you're passionate about everything you do as a coach. Right. I mean, like we right. said, you have to be, it's nonstop. But I think because you know, I've been married for a while now, have four kids. Uh, my mindset is there's nothing that I'm more passionate about than my family. Absolutely. Like, like you said, you know, making the time to make them, you know, the first priority in everything. That's great coach, because I think a lot of coaches sometimes deal with battle with that uh, and maybe feel like they made the wrong choice as far as what they do as a vocation and going into coaching. But at the end of the day, the benefits are just so great in, mm -hmm. in that your kids, your family, uh, they know you've accomplished something and you accomplish what you wanted to accomplish. You're doing what you love to do. So, Man, you're you're one up on ninety seven percent of the population in this world. Like right. you're actually living out your dream. So Yeah, it's not, it's not like it's nothing like seeing your, your kids and, and wife uh like at the games. You yeah, know, just getting yeah. hearing and having a good time. It's just it kind of bring both of the worlds together. Yeah. And you kinda of, at your happiest moments when you're able to see that kind of um so those kind of things. Yeah. Yeah, I've I've been through some big losses and then you know, I see my kids in the stands or they come up to me afterwards on the court and then everything goes away. Like, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I get, I'm still a little salty about it. Don't get that wrong. Like, believe me, yeah. I hate losing, but it's something about it. Like you said, integrating both worlds where your perspective is still there. Like, I know what's super important. That doesn't mean I blow off everything that I've done that I just finished doing for an hour and a half, two hours. But I definitely know like, okay, just like this, this child is in my world, just like this wife 
that I brought into my life to be in my world forever, uh, this loss is not forever. This feeling is not forever. And I can actually right. do something about it tomorrow at 6 a.m. practice or whenever, <laughs> whenever yeah. I get those guys in the gym and we can make some adjustments. So, you know, yeah. that, that you're right, man. It's, it's a great feeling to have those two worlds kind of meet. That, that is such a great question, too, man. That I mean, I, that's one of the first questions I ask every coach that I speak with, you know, that like that I view as kind of a mentor or just guys that's been in the business a lot longer than I have. That's one of the first questions I ask them, like when I'm asking for advice. Yeah. You know, how do you balance the family and, and, and profession? Like, you know, so I really appreciate you asking that question. No, man, it's uh, it's just something that we all got to reflect on, man. Uh, yeah. you, you know, I think about all the things that I love in this world and the things I love to do and everything that I love to do requires my time and attention. But then, mm-hmm. but then I have to start another list of priorities within that. And it has to be family first. You know, right. I, I have a list of priorities in, in different, you know, parts of my life, but overall family first basketball family first. If I preach that to the kids and to the players, then I better practice it myself. Cause if I don't, yeah. you know, <laughs> then what? You're just another talking head at that time, at that moment. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, good stuff, Coach. So, personally, Coach, what have you learned about yourself throughout your coaching career? Um, I, I've grown, and I, I think I've actually grown every year since I've been coaching. And you know, I've actually been making a conscious effort to uh, self reflect. Yeah. Um, after about the last two years, we've had some really good seasons. Um, and what happens is a lot of times you can kind of get complacent in those type of seasons. Yeah. You know, I just take a, take a, take those games and take all those wins out of the picture and try to figure out in what areas can we improve or can I improve? Yeah. Um, you know, maybe it's uh, how I approached um, a game that we lost. Um, what was different about this game than all the other games or um, this individual uh, player, this like, why, why were I, why was I not able to get through to him? the way I was able to get through with other guys. Yeah. And you just kind of continue to self-reflect. And as you're doing that, you're growing. Um, and, and, I, and I consciously try to make sure I am honest as I can be with myself because I, I do want to continue to grow. Um, and that's the one thing I learned, I think, the most about myself is after the first couple of years is, okay, that year was what it was, but it's something from that year outside of the record that you can grow from. Yeah. that you're going to need next year and the year after that and the year after that. And so if you can kind of continue to pile up all that information from year in and year out, you know, you kind of keep getting better. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and that's, that's probably the, the number one thing I would probably say. It's just my, um, I guess my hunger to improve yeah. um, daily, um, yearly, monthly. I'm, I'm consciously trying to get better, man. And I really realize that about myself. Like, do you never get tired of trying to get better and i will not i don't think so <laughs> that's great coach it, it, it's kind of like that saying you don't have to be broken to get better i mean that's right that's right. that's exactly you know because you want to fight that uh that lifestyle of here again complacency like you talked about because you yeah, a lot spend of more people, time yeah i'm sorry no go ahead I was saying, just try to spend more time, and we, we, we talk about it as a, as a staff. You know, we spend a lot more time trying to learn from wins than we do learning from yeah. losses. <laughs> yeah, that's job yeah. security right there if you do that. Yeah, you got <laughs> to learn from these wins, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's exactly what I was alluding to, man, is like, 
you know, we talk about, well, failure helps you to grow, uh, but not consistent failure. That doesn't. That helps you to be right out of a job in that profession. And Absolutely. I, and I think that's what, you, which, what you're talking about, a staff that can come together and say, hey, what can we learn from this W? Uh, mm-hmm. and, and here again, you can learn a lot because you can learn you could be better. Like that's uh, that's got to be the staple. Whether you win or lose, you know you could do better. And it's not right. to, and it's not to be a jerk or you know with with your players and kind of being unrealistic with your expectations. It's just to say we can we can operate in excellence. And then at the end of the season, we'll look back and say, man, we gave it our best shot. We did it. We did all we could. And then even at right. that, you can say, well, we could do better. Well, that's good. You always got a growth mindset. So that, mm-hmm. that that's really good, Coach. So, uh, Coach, you know, looking down the line, you still got a long ways to go in your career, and and, and I know you know nothing but goodness is going to follow you. But what do you want your legacy to be when your career is all said and done? As as I'm getting older, I guess um, it, it has changed. You know, you look at kind of the wins and losses. My first get in, I want to win a bunch of championships. I want to keep winning. Yeah. Um, but now, as I, you know, coach a, a lot of different um, young men, they're starting to come back. They're graduated. They're starting to come back and, you know, write letters and write notes or emails, um, phone calls, texts, just saying like how I've impacted their life off the court, you know, um, and just what what I've meant to their um, their growth as a person. And I've honestly changed to that now. Like that, that's I want my legacy to be. You know, how many um, guys can I affect? How, how many people can I have some kind of impact on to make them want to do better, want to do more? Um, and I, and I think that's really serving leadership. You know, I think yeah. that's really what we're in in the business to do. You know, again, we get caught up in the wins and losses at times, but. We want to have an impact on these young men's lives, and and someone did it for me, and it's my job to do it for as many people as I can. Yeah, and, and I want that to be my legacy, and I want hopefully all my players to come back at some point, married with kids, and say, uh, "Coach, you 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 changed my life, or you made a really really big impact on my life." Coach, man, that's solid, and I and I think that's. Uh... You know, good coaching equals servant leadership. And mm-hmm. that's just the way it is, man. You know, yep. you want to be good at this thing for a long time, take that approach and, and you'll you'll get far. Coach, I appreciate your time, man. I really do. Uh, I, I value it. Uh, you know, thank you for making the time to be on. And, uh, you know, here again, contributing. I know somebody out there is going to gonna get something from this, if not everyone who hears it. And so here again, man, I'm just here again. Thank you so much. No, I really appreciate you having me, man. Continue doing what you're doing, man, making a difference. I hope so. Thank you, Coach. Thank you for listening to the Creative Coaching Podcast. Know that you are appreciated. So please take the time to listen to us on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. You can also follow us on Twitter at CreativeCoach47. Again, all of this I thank you for. Please leave a rating, subscribe, follow, leave feedback. Uh, This is your platform. So, you know, take ownership of it. And here again, you are appreciated. So thank you.